Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Be Unbound podcast. I'm Ben Billups, and this week I'm joined by the 2020 National Student Cabinet President, Matthew Rocky, and we're going to talk about Apex Spark, how it went, um, and also a little bit about Matthew, too. We'll get to know him a little bit because, I mean, I, I mean, I would call him, and I think many would agree, he's perhaps the most interesting man in the Unbound community. He's like, he's very mysterious. He has a lot of life experience. He's just an interesting guy. So I'm excited to have him on the podcast today. Um, and Brad, Right before we get into it, I just want to remind you guys, if you know a student who would be the right fit for Unbound, um, I highly, we, we would love it if you could refer them to us. If you think they're good for the community, they're a good fit for us. Um, if you go to beunbound.us slash refer, you can learn about a special offer. So you can generate a unique referral link. You can send it to your friend. They can apply with that link. And if they enroll, then you get free access to our Navigate course and you get free registration to an event of your choice. And that gets into upwards of a $900 value that you get for free of a student that you refer enrolls. Um, and then also the student you refer gets $250 off of their um, enrollment, which is the best deal that we offer. So if you know someone, could be a friend, could be a sibling, could be the sibling of a friend, um, then please let them know about us. Let them know about our program. Our spring application deadline is um, December 18th. So I would, I would encourage you guys not to wait if you know someone. And then also, as we've been talking about the last few weeks, our base camp event is coming up in January. We're going to be focusing on time, tasks, and relationships. It's going to be a life skills intensive where we focus on maximizing um, basic life skills that just make you better at everything, better as an employee, better as a family member, um, better at life. And so it's going to be a great event. We're, uh, we're putting everything together right now, and you can go to bnbound.us slash base camp to learn more about that event. Um, with all of that being said, Matthew, as I recall, uh, you and I actually met in person for the first time um, at the 2018 Capstone event that goes with the signature leadership courses. Um, and I also understand that was probably your first event. But before that, I don't, you know, I'm curious if you were involved online, but in general, just how did you become involved with Unbound and the community? Yeah, for sure, Ben. Uh, just Starting off, though, just thanks so much for having me. It is definitely an honor to be here. Um, so, yes, Capstone 2018 was my first student event and a place I met you. Um, I started with Unbound in March of 2017. And no, I was pretty much absent from the community in any way, shape or form that entire first year um, I was in the program. A lot of it was just because I was busy with full-time work on top of doing school. Um, I did consider Apex in, in 2017, and I've heard lots of stories about 2017, so I wish I would have gone, but uh, that's all in retrospect now. Um, so yeah, the, really the introduction to the community was at Capstone in uh, 2018 in Colorado. Awesome. Awesome. And um, so I guess like, what was your, what were your initial impressions or like reactions to the community? Or was there somebody that was like, that brought you in? Like, how did that work? Yeah, for sure. Well, Capstone 2018 was loaded with just a lot of phenomenal people. Um, and I remember that year I got paired up with Abe Chen um, mm -hmm. as coaching partners and we, we did coaching. And so was able to connect with him and then just a number of other um, really critical pieces to the community. Um, I think if I had to pinpoint to one place or one time at the event, though, where uh, things really kind of hit me in a different way was um, I had dinner midway through the week with Jonathan Brush. 
And there's a bunch of other students at that, at that table. And we just started talking about just the uniqueness of the people that were at the event, but then um, just in the community in general, as I was pretty unaware of, of what it looked like, what it felt like. And so asked a lot of questions and then heard a lot about, you know, just the amazing places the community had gone um, and just the, the type of people that were involved. Um, I think kind of what drew me into it though, was, um, I was really involved in a lot of like small groups and, um, communities at home, um, a number of different Bible studies. And, uh, just at that period in, uh, of life for me, um, I was feeling really drained. I, I felt kind of burned out by those. Like there wasn't a lot of growth. Um, I wasn't seeing a lot of change productivity. Um, and then all of a sudden, hitting that weekend in Colorado at Capstone with a ton of students who had the same vision, the same goal. Um, it just was kind of blew my mind. And that kind of gave me uh, an open door and uh, definitely a very strong willingness to jump in. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then eventually you made your way onto the student cabinet. And obviously 2020 had a lot of change in it. Um, we were planning on having the event and then it was canceled. And then we turned that into regional events and there was all these different things that were happening. Um, and I think we can, one of the reasons why I'm uh, I'm also just comfortable to talk about at this point is because we held four regional events and zero students got COVID. And it's mm -hmm. been a few weeks, so I think we can officially call it from a public health standpoint, huge success, you know? Right. Um, but I'm just kind of curious, like what were your expectations coming into the cabinet and just like, what was it like going through this year on the cabinet? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think kind of expectations coming into the cabinet were um, extremely high uh, because I was a part of the 2019 SLI, um, which was just a phenomenal team and just thoroughly enjoyed working with all of those individuals. And then of course they were going to get retired, uh, the SLI was. And so um, was really excited about the opportunity to, to jump on the cabinet. Um, I, I think going into the cabinet, you know, I, you know, personally, I really hoped for an opportunity to, to lead, an opportunity to influence a lot of people. But then from an overall standpoint and just from the event standpoint, I was really hoping to just take the event to a new level. Um, I thought content could be deeper. I thought content, you know, or small groups um, within uh, the event could uh, just form even better bonds. You know, I, I really like the idea of community. Um, it actually wasn't my initial like the, the thought of having a community themed event never even crossed my mind until we all got together as a cabinet, but I definitely wanted something along that lines. Um, something, you know, that was just going to be, you know, an extra step that students could take home um, that was going to challenge them above and beyond what had ever happened at Apex prior. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I guess like, how did you, I'm just curious to know more specifics about as the year unfolded, how did you see the team step up? What was it? And just like, was it stressful? Was it exciting? Like what was, what was the feeling? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think there was a, um, I'm not sure what the, the best word to use is, but uh, maybe there wasn't a lot of unity uh, or there, there was just wasn't a lot of chemistry, I guess, is a, a good way of looking at, it. you know, after they, the cabinet was together last October in San Antonio, um, we all flew home. I just felt like, man, there, this is going to be a really rough year because um, there wasn't that instant connection um, mm -hmm. really among that many people within the team. Um, and I really felt that, especially as the executive for the first few meetings. 
um, trying to, you know, it just, it didn't, it felt a little disjointed. Um, so I definitely was a little bit concerned about how that was going to play out. Um, I think that, you know, yes, you know, and we can, we can get into all the many different changes and things that happened in the, in the year, but I really think those are the things that really allowed us the opportunity to form the bonds that we probably never would have formed. Mm. Um, at least from what I could have seen, you know, last October, November, December, when we were really starting to get uh, rolling. Um, and, and I think, you know, just in terms of some of those changes, like uh, right away at the beginning, I think we found a lot of really good success, um, which I think gave the team a lot of confidence, which was really good to see. Um, by New Year's of 20 or 2020, so first of this year, we felt like we had the entire speaker rotation set, um, which I was like thoroughly thrilled about. Um, just some phenomenal people. Um, we were getting wheels running on what we called TIP, which was kind of, uh, if other people have been to Apex, kind of like Kurahi or the Blitz games, that kind of idea. Um, the, the wheels were really starting to turn for something that, you know, I thought was going to be super complex, super engaging, um, and just take things to, to a brand new level. Um, but then it felt like January, everything just kind of fell apart. We, we lost all three of those speakers, um, like tip hit brick walls where they had no idea, like creativity was gone. Um, oh, and and if you could explain really quickly, what is tip? Yeah. Tip was called the ignition project. Um, and of course, Apex was going to be called Apex Ignite. Mm -hmm. um, and so the ignition project, um, a, a basic summary of it, it was going to be four teams that were competing to win a scholarship that would send an unbound, unbound community to the moon. I think that was kind of like the basic <laughs> summary of it. So it was definitely like there was a lot of really cheesy humor tied into it, which I think kind of came from uh, the personalities with the team. Uh, but then there was also this, you know, really fun uh, competition that was that was weaved into all of that. So, um, yeah, that was kind of the nutshell. I, I wasn't actually on the on the tip planning team. I kind of just saw it from the from the top as as the executive and heard reports on meetings. But um, definitely a ton of work went into that. And, of course, saw that all kind of just get thrown out when when Apex was canceled. And we had to shift. But. Um, yeah, so I think all those, all that early success set up for, you know, just a really hard few months in January, February, March of, of trying to plow through. And then of course that led to all the changes that happened uh, when we had to cancel. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And something that, um, unless you've met Matthew or you've, or you came to one of the spark events, you probably ha don't have a appreciation for Matthew's unique sense of humor. Um, so before we just keep talking about Apex, I, I mean, do you have maybe, I mean, you're pretty quick with these things. Do you have like two or three jokes that maybe you could tell us right now? Well, I, I don't tell jokes. I tell like profound stories. And oh. so, um, I, I, I could tell you about, um, the job that I actually just quit at the concrete company, um, because the work just kept getting harder and harder. Wow. Yeah. But wow. the other thing too, uh, for you, Ben, have you ever tried archery blindfolded? That's one thing I haven't tried. Well, you don't know what you're missing. That's a good point. I, that's yeah, is that's a, good a point. great point. So, the, the other thing, which I think is phenomenal is the fact that uh, my friend named his dog five miles. So he could go into work every morning and say, today I walked five miles. Wow. Um, unfortunately, yesterday he ran over five miles. <laughs> Good Lord. 
So well, they, yeah, there it's you definitely, go. <laughs> now it's taking a dark turn. So we should probably come back here. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you guys had all these plans. There was a lot of uncertainty. And I know that there was that period of time. I don't remember the exact timeline, but there was a period of time where like there was there was clearly a uh, an ongoing pandemic. And then there was but like the event was still on theoretically. And I'm sure like, what was that limbo time? Like where it was like, you don't really know if it's happening. Like, I mean, I'm sure it was difficult to plan because you're like, well, we could plan these things, but we have no idea. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I think because when we lost the, the three original speakers that we had in January kind of went into this whole new search for what are we going to do for speakers? And I remember really the time we started to lock a lot of that up was in the beginning of March, mid March, when all the pandemic stuff was starting to get rolling. And so even in those few weeks, you know, talking to people, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, we'll be available. So for added, we can go anywhere, you know, um, which just kind of made for, ah, that's an interesting feel, you know, um, but it didn't really change the mindset until we got into, I would say early April when, you know, you know, more, we were seeing more from like a federal or statewide um, effect of, you know, these bands extending into June or maybe even later than that. And then you started to have, you know, a lot of questions of, well, August isn't that far away. And so what are things going to look like then? So I would say that really, you know, there was a lot of confidence that things were going to, you know, keep moving, um, even though we didn't have a lot of the answers into, I would say, probably the end of May. Um, you know, I, I'm here in Wisconsin and like all of our stuff, their stay at home orders, everything was gone in mid-May. Um, of course, it all returned in June, but there was a few week window where you felt freedom. Like it, it just felt like mm -hmm. things were going to start moving back to normal. Um, but once we definitely hit, you know, the whole new set of lockdowns and restrictions in, in June, um, especially looking at Michigan, which was way more restricted than Wisconsin, uh, that's definitely where that limbo stage really, you could feel it. Um, you could feel it on the meetings um, where, you know, there is just this overall feeling of, yeah, we're doing all this work, but <laughs> how worthwhile is it? Because what are things really going to look like here in, in, a, in a couple of months? Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. It was this interesting thing. Texas had a similar transition where, you know, there was a shutdown and then there was a moment where things reopened, um, I believe, uh, or somewhere in May. Um, and then things closed back down a little bit after that. Um, and so even just, I'm sure going through that, you're like, oh, things look good. Things look not good again. And it's like, that's a, it's a pretty, uh, it's very, it's just unpredictable. I hate to say unprecedented because that's such an overused term this year, but that's right. what it was because right. um, that's what describes it. But I think, so this happened, Apex was canceled and then four regional events were promised. Mm -hmm. And then what, like what, what did the cabinet do at that point? Right. Yeah. So I think I have like so much credit to give each and every person who was on the cabinet um, just with the amount of work that went into um, you know, all the speakers that we had been planning for August, but then not just that, like tip, you know, I, I don't think like it's possible to evenly humanly comprehend the amount of hours that each person who was a part of tip put into planning that. Um, and then to see it all just kind of evaporate when, when everything got canceled. Um, definitely devastation was, was a pretty easy word um, to use and to see um, in the, in the faces of, you know, everyone on the team. 
Um, and I think what was really uh, the, the most amazing part though, is that, you know, you put all the, you know, the thought of the time that went into the work, you know, from October to July, and then all of a sudden have everything canceled and then get faced with this task of these four new events. Um, I think the level of, you know, energy, the level of commitment just became so apparent. Like it was so much deeper and higher than, you know, even I as the executive saw in all these people um, who, yeah, they just started doing whatever they had to do to find the locations for the events, to uh, figure out how we could coordinate speakers, um, kind of redevelop small groups, um, go from, you know, a five day platform, you know, to a day and a half basically. Um, and, and try to figure out, you know, how can we make these events um, a taste of apex when we can't have it, um, which I think was probably the, the hardest part. Yeah, we could come up with speakers, we could come up with you know, food, we could come up with a different strategy for graduation, but how are we going to really accomplish, you know, giving people still that sense of apex that, you know, was kind of being stripped from us. And I, I just, tons of credit to to all the other cabinet members for, for what they did to step up. And I think really achieve that and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I don't know, it's fascinating. And you, and you talked about small groups earlier and then again, just now, but um, I mean, the feedback that I heard was that small groups was um, like most of the students, it was their favorite part at apex. So I think that community aspect, the, 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 the putting, you know, small groups on steroids, like all of that stuff was, accomplished, which is phenomenal. And I think the, just splitting it out into four small regional events, being able to kind of monitor on a case by case basis, each event, and then, you know, looking to follow local protocols and things like that, all of that stuff. I think that's probably the only way Apex could have happened this year. Um, so obviously big hats off to you and and the rest of the cabinet for finding a way to adapt everything. Um, and so I guess, Having been to all four, um, I guess, what was your perspective on each one? Um, how are they different? How are they similar? And I guess, did they, um, did each event, was it what you expected or was it, or was it a little bit different? Yeah, um, that's, that's a good question with lots of different parts. So mm-hmm. it was really, it was really fascinating um, to be at all four. Um, originally I wasn't supposed to be, I was only going to be at two and then I was going to be at three and wound up being able to be at all four. So that was, that was definitely a blessing. Um, I think the biggest thing that jumped out to me is I felt like the culture was different at every single one. Um, and I think that was just kind of by geographical area, you know, in Virginia, it was a lot of people who, had interacted or known each other in some way, shape or form, which I thought was really, you know, a a cool, it kind of felt a little bit more like family, um, just kind of being a part of, of the, the event. Um, and then in Indiana, it was a little bit different. People came from a little bit wider geographical area. Um, we had a lot of newer students or people who hadn't been exposed to the community all that long. And then at the same time, we had a couple of people who, you know, been around for a long time, Um, And I felt like that was kind of the same feel of uh, Colorado as well. Um, And then, of course, Texas is just Texas. So it's just a different, you know, feel in and of itself because you're in Texas. You know, I remember pulling up to the the uh, venue there and there's like a bathtub on the by the patio of the thing and just being like, all right, we are in Texas. (laughs) Um, Well, I, I well, okay. 
I, we need to clarify that place was a little bit more rustic than we expected. Not definitive right. of the entire state, but I'm sorry, right, I have to right. jump. But I'm native, so I have to say something. I know, but I know. yes, it was odd because we we're like, oh, I guess we have to like. So we like hid the bathtub like behind this shed outside. Anyway, it was kind of right, crazy. Yeah. yeah, it was it was quite the event and uh, quite the quite the location. But but definitely, I felt like the the energy was higher in Texas than it was at at other locations. Um, and that was, that was really cool to see how, you know, each, each of the events, they had a little bit of their own culture, but at the same time, you could have gone into any single one of them and you would have known, yeah, this is definitely an unbound event. Um, just because of the, the people, the, you know, um, just the camaraderie, the, the fun, the, the, the growth that was going on, the deep conversations. Um, I think small groups were really, you know, just cool to see and just see how they engaged in different ways. Um, definitely had um, a few people who were at multiple events and I talked to some of them about, you know, their different small group experiences and yeah, they, they had the same thing, you know, yeah, there were really good things from all the experiences and, um, you know, learned different things from, from different groups and just really, you know, amazing to see how people meshed and uh, uh, really just worked together and had a great time over the, the day and a half that they were there. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess so out of the out of the four events or even just from the cabinet, maybe there's multiple answers to this. But do you have any like favorite stories or just like like just big highlights in your mind that you'd like to share? Yeah, it's a it's a tough question because, yeah, I think every we we had a cabinet recap meeting after all of these. And there is definitely uh, different people who like different parts, different elements. Um, and I think that was fun. Um, I think uh, Seth Showalter leading uh, rock, paper, scissors, rock star um, in Indiana and Virginia was, was definitely a highlight for a lot of people. That was a lot of fun. Um, he did a great job with that. Um, I think the graduation ceremonies and all of them were, were a ton of fun. Um, all of them definitely had their, their different feel. Um, the impromptu uh, karaoke concert that we got in Texas, I definitely was enjoyed by <laughs> by many people um yes. and the the very fast alternating types of music that was played during the dance was also highly entertaining <laughs> by by uh, many people there um and I, I think just just the venues though they changed a little bit about the feel and made it really cool you know colorado i think was a lot of people's favorite venue to be in um it was like on a farm that was designed for um, like Christmas parties and stuff like that. And so like there was Christmas trees decorated and lights up and um, kind of just a little bit more rustic, you know, Colorado feel, you know, and that made for that event uh, just to be really unique in that way. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I could probably, if I sat here for a little bit longer, I could think of, you know, tons of specific highlights that, that were a blast. Um, but yeah, there's just a ton coming to mind, even with the cabinet, there was a lot, um, there was definitely some pranks that occurred, uh, between myself and other cabinet members. Um, I, I don't know if you recall the, the, uh, icebreaker game we played at a few of the events where a name was placed on the back of an individual and then they had to go around and ask people um, which name was on their back. Mm -hmm. And it took Donnie not only the entire night, but also his entire trip home to the Airbnb and three wrong turns to finally figure out who he had. And when he did, he was, <laughs> you know, quite frustrated, if you recall, Ben. Uh, ben. And so, yeah. That was <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that that Colorado venue was like, it was, it was a great venue and, but it's like, yeah, the red barn is nice and the twinkle lights are nice, but I'm a tech head. And honestly, that sound system was the best sound system we had the whole trip. So I was pretty excited, but it was like one of those wireless Sonos ones. You control the volume with the app. Like I was very excited about that, but, um, and carpet ball. I think the other thing about Colorado is you got to give a lot of kudos for you for keeping all the goats out of the barn Mm. um, and to make sure that they didn't terrorize the place on that. You know, you're trying to get started Saturday morning. That was definitely that was something else. That was something else. Cause I just remember like we were doing like an opening Devo or there's a prayer. There's something happening. I think maybe it was worship. I think it was worship. And we're like (laughs) standing there and the, and the, the, um, when you're facing the speaker, the the left side of the barn has these giant windows. And I just remember like turning and glancing out the windows and I see these two goats coming full clip straight for the door, which is open. And, uh, and there's the, and there's some poor ranch hand, like running behind them, like trying to get them not to come in. And so I rushed the door. Wouldn't have been the first time that I had physically had been in a physical altercation with a goat. So I was ready, but yeah, I rushed to the door. Fortunately, the ranch hand got there in time. They seemed uh, to realize that maybe it wasn't such a great idea to run in there and we managed to keep them out. But that was definitely a highly entertaining moment. The other thing, I mean, just to keep talking about Colorado for a second, that carpet ball game, I was obsessed. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure you saw. But I and if I, I've never seen a game like that before, but for you guys that are listening, it's essentially it's a little bit like a, like the mini curling where it's like a long thin table, but it has these two cubbies on the ends and then pool balls. And essentially, what you're doing is you're rolling a a cue ball and then trying to uh, to knock the pool balls into the uh, into your opponent's cubby. The person that gets the all of the balls in at first is the winner. And then there's all these different rules for if there's a tie, et cetera, et cetera. But I just, I couldn't stop playing it. I was obsessed. So, oh yeah, I, I don't think anyone could, could stop playing it. And then we had that, that little mini tournament on, on Saturday afternoon. That was, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, it was that like kill, kill brush. I think won that, um, that does yeah. not surprise me. It, it doesn't. Yeah. He, yeah. he was spent a lot of time there over the weekend. So he's yeah. got that hand eye thing going on. It's right, uh, right. surprisingly rare in homeschool circles, but um, right. no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the life-size Dutch blitz that occurred in uh, Texas and uh, Indiana and Virginia was also, was quite entertaining. I think it was the biggest in Indiana. I got quite, uh, quite the, the involvement and that was a lot of fun. I know a lot of people had a lot of fun with, uh, with that as well. Yeah. So long story short, guys, if you didn't register for Apex Spark, you missed out. This was the only, I mean, I can't imagine Apex ever happening like this again. So everyone who came has that really unique experience to uh, carry in to the rest of their uh, their time with Unbound and into the community. So um, yeah, super grateful for the cabinet, super grateful for everyone who came. Um, it was really unique. And I, I went to all four too, and I had a blast at each one. It was really fun getting to hang out with students, but also just do Apex in like a different way. So I think it was fun, but I'd be curious. I kind of want to circle back and just talk a little bit about, and and just help the audience get to know you a little bit more. So like right now you're zooming in from Wisconsin. You, I believe you live there with your family right now, but you've been involved in just like a lot of different businesses. You were in radio for a little while, like kind of give us a, a little clue into kind of what you've been up to the last few years. 
Yeah, for sure. So I've spent the last three and a half plus years in uh, radio. Um, so um, radio announcer, Christian radio station also did uh, some music directing. So I did a lot of music auditions, worked with a number of artists, different concert promotion, uh, stuff like that. Um, and just had a lot of fun. I did that for about three years. And then I wanted to get into something a little bit more leadership related. Um, so I wound up leaving the radio station and went into leadership development with Chick-fil-A. Um, spent a little bit over a year of that and uh, really enjoyed just the, the different opportunities and, and uh, leadership development. It was, it was definitely a really intriguing thing too, because um, like the leaders I was working with there were primary high school. And so um, having that compared to helping out with Capstone the last couple of years, uh, it just made for a really interesting combination because you had people, you know, working, you know, who were just learning the very basic levels of what leadership is, what servant leadership is, what it means to influence others. And then you had the, the really in-depth conversations that were going on at Capstone or with, you know, students um, through email or phone calls or whatever. Um, and then wound up leaving uh, Chick-fil-A just prior to when all these spark events got underway um, and have since went back to uh, the radio station where um, I'm doing some fill-in stuff on a little bit more permanent basis right now as they're trying to kind of in a transition spot, um, looking to, to hire someone. Um, and so helping them out for, for the season right now. But yeah, that's kind of the, the main things I've been in. Of course, school, I've also worked in rental management a little bit, um, did some contracting, um, and then also have been in woodworking for like four years, which was all prior to radio. So yes, a number of different <laughs> things, but uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the short list. So That's just crazy. But the funny thing is, is it's like, I won't say it's common for someone to have as much experience and so so many different things uh that you just described but what you just said is not totally uncommon in the unbound community you'll be talking to someone they're like oh yeah i did this i also did that and then i, right. I work for a state senator whatever it's just like all this <laughs> random stuff you're like what how did you and i think again that's just like i think a lot of people in our community are homeschooled. I think there's a homeschool mentality where you're like, you're always kind of taking those opportunities. Same thing with unbound. There's an unbound mentality where it's like, well, you have a flexible, um, you're doing college in a really flexible way. You can allocate your time differently. You get these random opportunities. Yeah. You can just take them. You don't have to, you know, it's not just a summer internship like you would if you're going to a traditional school. But I guess like, is that how you found unbound? Did you have um, like siblings who did it or was for you, was it mostly you're just looking for like an affordable degree? Like, I guess what motivated you? Yeah. So um, I heard about it through a sibling. So um, I had an older brother who looked into it when it was college plus way back, I don't know, 2008 or 2010, something in that, in that time frame, um, And then kind of lost track of, of the program. We kind of weren't as involved in the homeschool circles and, and stuff like that. So it wasn't uh, a common word, especially here in Wisconsin. There's there's not a ton of, of unbound students, definitely some, which are is fantastic. But um, reconnected, though, when we had a friend join the program in 2016. And so uh, my sister did, and then she had been in it for about a year. And I was thinking, well, this, this actually makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I had just taken the job in radio. Um, and so it, I was going to be working quite a bit of, of hours there and um, needed something a little bit more flexible because of the schedule that I had um, in radio. And this just made a lot of sense. 
because yeah, I, I had a lot of the, the unbound ideals of wanting to stay connected with what I was connected with already. I want to graduate debt free and, and a personal goal was try to finish it up in two to three years. So. And did you, uh, did you accomplish that goal? Yeah. Three years. Yep. I did it. Did it there three you years. go. Right on, man. I, actually, that was kind of similar goal for me is, um, uh, I think I've told, I've said this on the podcast a couple of times, but like my original plan was to go to law school. So I was just trying to get my undergrad done as fast as humanly possible. And, um, a friend of mine, Christian Matney, um, kind of came in and just like blew through the whole thing in 18 months because he's Christian Matney. If you've ever met him, it makes sense. You're like, Oh yeah, that guy would get his degree in 18 months. But so I was like, well, that would be like the aggressive goal. Like I'd like to do that, you know, two years is maybe a little more realistic, but then along the way, what happened was I ended up having all of these interesting opportunities. So I would, I would stop doing school for like months at a time, just like go make movies or do something else. And so ended up taking me about three years. So kind of, a, I'm in the same boat, but which is still yeah. fast, especially when you consider that average graduation rate is not four years. It's more like six or seven if you go to a traditional school. So um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. When, when I jumped in, I, my, my goal was like 22 to 24 months and then yeah, got, got opportunities and, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, well, I guess this is going to take a little bit longer, but yeah, totally worth the experience. So a hundred percent. Well, and then it's just way easier when you get on the other side to find work because you have the experience. So right. you know, it right. just makes a lot of sense. Um, yep. but that's super cool. And then also you mentioned doing some music, um, you, but uh, some of you guys listening, I'm sure know, but there's the Rocky brothers music. It's like a, it's a, what do you call it? A quartet? If there's four of you singing, that's violins, isn't it? Yeah, or is it yeah. Yeah, okay. it's quartet. a quartet? Well, there you go. I learned something today. Um, but yeah, there's four of you guys that sing. Are you guys still doing it? Are you going to tour soon or like, what's the plan? Yeah. So I sing with three of my brothers. So there's, there's uh, 11 total children in our family. So I have 10 siblings, six brothers, four sisters, um, and yeah, three of my brothers and I have been singing together since uh, 2014, um, more regularly since 2016. So yeah, not a whole lot, but we'll, we'll do anywhere from 12 to 30 concerts a year. Generally, um, kind of depends on the year. And this year was of course much different with a lot of cancellations, but, uh, yeah, still do it. Sometimes we have, uh, four Christmas concerts coming up, uh, next week. Um, so yeah, it'll be a busy week next week with, um, just a lot of practicing this week and a lot of singing next week. So yeah, that's definitely something that came out of our family singing together, um, all of my life growing up. So, yeah, that's really cool. And you can also find their Instagram Rocky brothers music on Instagram. We'll link it down below if you guys are curious. Um, but Matthew, is there anything else that we should plug of your, whatever, 18 businesses that you're currently a part of? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, it is, it is just definitely been an honor to be a part of the, the 2020 cabinet. And, um, just with all the, yeah, it was, it was a unique year, but just learned so much and was able to work with some really amazing people. And so definitely going to take all the, the memories and experience with me, um, in the future. So well, thank you guys for listening and thank you, Matthew, for joining us this week. This has been a really fun conversation. And as always, you guys can email me at podcast at bnbound.us if you have thoughts, ideas, questions, um, especially ideas for guests. I would love to hear it. Um, and then just like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, you can go to bnbound.us slash refer to get your unique referral link. You can also see the details um, for the offer and the discount that the student that you refer um, would get. And then you can go to bnbound.us 
patreon.us slash Basecamp to learn more about the Basecamp event that's coming up in January. So I would highly recommend that if you're thinking about coming to Basecamp, that you would consider registering before the holidays, before everything gets forgotten. And then suddenly before you know it, registration's closed. So go ahead and visit that page. Take a look at it. If it sounds interesting to you, um, highly encourage you to register. And if you have any questions, feel free to email um, anybody on the team. You can message us on Facebook or you can send it to podcast at beabud.us if you want. And uh, we'll make sure that your questions get answered. So um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Matthew, for joining us. And we will catch you next week.